0: The people, the places, the art, the culture. This is Behind the Scenery, the Cumbrian arts and culture podcast.
1: Welcome to the Behind the Scenery podcast with Tom Spate. So welcome to Kendall it's the oldest part of Kendall and it's uh, where Kirkland uh, becomes Highgate and just to the right-hand side as you're coming up the one-way street you'll be familiar probably with Abbott Hall which is a beautiful art gallery here in Kendall one of the jewels of the crown of the Kendall cultural offer there goes the church bells it's a beautiful place but it's been closed for about three years while a refurbishment has been taking place to re-energize the building to let daylight into the building And to perhaps re-knows the direction of travel for the cultural offer here as well. It's a lovely old private house that became an art gallery back in the 20th century and I'm just going up the front steps here to meet uh, somebody who knows a lot more about it than I do.
0: Welcome to Abbot Hall, I'm Rhian Harris, I'm Chief Executive of Lakeland Arts.
1: Beautiful front door here which says Art Gallery helpfully across the top of it, let's go inside. Absolutely. And I'd love you to tell a bit more about it, absolutely let's go inside. So today is a day when people have been shown around and uh, perhaps been introduced to where the gallery is going. So if we just go to the right hand side, Um, tell me a bit about what's been going on here over the past few years. Um, A lot of work.
0: Indeed. Well, we closed the gallery in February 2020 with the intention of doing a much larger scale project. A month later, the world was turned upside down, the global pandemic. During those two years, we were working with the Arts Council and we decided to, to be sensible, we would phase the project. So, what we're opening with today is phase one of the Abbott Hall refurbishment. So, it's a smaller scale project, but it still is a massive change and it feels very different when you walk inside. It feels fresher, lighter, more contemporary, and we want it to feel more welcoming. So, that in, in the past, people had made comments about Abbott Hall Art Gallery that it was a place that felt slightly elitist and closed to the world, and we really wanted to, Turn that around, put that shift that you know shift that around completely, and make it a much more welcoming and vibrant space for the local community, but also for visitors from elsewhere. We want to get that duality where we're absolutely 100% here of the local community, but we still want to be an important part of the visitor economy as well.
1: All right, well, it's on two levels here, so we're just going to wander up these lovely, I hope creaky stairs. Well, a little bit creaky. Um... And that sense of light coming into the building, that's quite a new thing, isn't it? Um, just tell me a bit more about what the ambition behind that is.
0: Yes, I mean, what we, one of the major... When you, when you walk back into Abbot Hall, one of the big differences you will note, because, of course, when you do projects of this sort, lots of stuff that you don't actually see, all the electrical installations of your alarm systems, your fire systems, but the bit, I think, the elements that are going to be really noticeable for people who were familiar with the building before is that we've revealed all the windows and of course we put uv and anti-glare film on the windows to protect our works of art but it's going to feel really fresh and light and one of the many reasons for doing this kind of goes to our new vision and ambition for Apple hall for it to become a center around landscape identity ecology so that bringing together of landscape art and people
1: where's that thinking come from what's made you kind of come to that decision
0: if we look, we've got basically going back to our collections, but also going back to our sense of place. When I first moved here four years ago from London, working within a metropolitan setting, I, I'm the Chief Executive of Lakeland Arts, so I look after two other sites, Blackwell, the Arts and Crafts House, and Windermere Jetty um, Museum of Steamboats. And these three quite... And also we have Lakeland Museum too. We have four quite disparate museums. And I was trying to find a way to create an identity that linked them all together. And what does link them all together is their sense of place. They are based in these exceptional landscapes and townscapes as well. And all the work that we look after, the works of art, the social history we look after, are connected in some way to landscape and identity. So we actually looked first of all, where we based our geographical location, but also our collections themselves. So for example, Abbott Hall, over 50% of the collection are landscapes. So it was starting to look at what we had, where we were, and how do we represent our local community and the local people. So that brought started to bring together these ideas of the themes we would start to explore across all our sites, but giving it a particular focus at Abbott Hall was landscape identity, ecology and people and trying to bring those things together.
1: Why does this matter to Cumbria? Why should Cumbrians come to the Abbott Hall, the newly opened Abbott Hall? We
0: are really lucky in Kendall and in Cumbria to have an art gallery of the calibre of Abbott Hall. You have world-class art at Abbott Hall. You don't have to go to Manchester or Edinburgh or London to see really high quality art, both in terms of our temporary exhibitions, which you're going to hear more about from the brilliant Julie later, but we have world-class artists, historic art, we have George Romney, we have Turner, we have Rusking, we have a really strong modern British collection, we've got Lucerne Freud, Barbara Hepworth, Paola Rego to name but a few, and then we have started to collect some really strong contemporary work too. So you've got really world-class collections on your doorstep. So if you're in Cumbria and it's a half an hour drive, why wouldn't you come and engage with this high-quality cultural offer rather than always having to schlep across the country to see works of this calibre?
1: So as work goes on around, just the finishing touches... To the reopening. Uh, I'm here with uh, Helen Stalker now who is, um, well Helen what's your role here?
2: Um, I am the senior curator for Lakeland Arts.
1: Okay and we're sitting in one of the small galleries in front of a video piece um, called Winter Wall. Uh, there's, a, there's a number of video pieces actually as part of this exhibition. What's as the person who's curated the exhibition, what, what are you trying to achieve with this exhibition?
2: With this exhibition, it really kind of cements us um, and our vision as an art gallery to deeply engage with landscape and people and people's place in the landscape and the impact of of nature and the environment on people and vice versa. So with this exhibition, this is a real kind of bold statement around those themes.
1: And listening to Julie, the artist, talk earlier, I mean, we're surrounded by about half a dozen uh, pictures here, which are all part of the gallery's... um, Back catalogue, if I can put it like that. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's. they're all part of our permanent collection. We've got a really incredible um, collection here at Lakeland Arts and at Abbott Hall. And as you know, we've been closed for some time. So it's been a joy to kind of re, uh, bring the collection out and, re, and allow it to re-emerge. And we've been working with Julie for a couple of years on making some selections from that collection. Um, and that's been a really, a really great experience because working with an artist, what it does, it allows us to find things that we wouldn't normally kind of excavate in a way and show. So a different perspective, you, I guess. Different perspective, yeah. And things that speak to her as an individual and as an artist. So it's an artist talking to other artists, really, rather than a kind of curatorial choice. And why, have you,
1: why have you selected Julie Brooke to be the, the showcase artist for the reopening?
2: Well, she's a, a leading British artist who works in the land um, and again around those themes, but she's also a, a real pioneer, I think, in terms particularly as, a, as a, a woman artist and the work that she does in, in a variety of landscapes and often in quite remote settings. But Julie, um, this is probably her biggest um, institutional show that she's had, so we are bringing an artist into into the kind of light as well, if you like, with our, with our kind of reopening Um, But she's also just a real tour de force in terms of um, creating really important work I think across the world and for the last couple of years maybe a little bit longer she's actually engaged really deeply with Cumbria and has been working with the local quarries and um, local landscapes to inspire some new a new body of work which we're also able to showcase as well. So, so tell us a
1: bit about the exhibition tell us about some sure. of the highlights.
2: Yeah so, so the exhibition is, is really kind of manifestation of the work that she makes out in the land so it's a representation of how Uh, She makes work, what her process is and the impact that she has on the landscape. But it's also really very much about her using the elements that she lives amongst. So she immerses herself really deeply in the land that she's creating from. And she uses those elements like light, rock, water, fire, uh, wind, uh, moonlight, sunlight. And it's all those really ephemeral uh, kind of materials in a way.
1: And there's some films, aren't there? There's some images, some photographs some paintings. Um, just the one that we've been watching here, um, it's been shot I think, on a Scottish island and it's, a, it's some rock sculptures, mm-hmm. a, a specific rock sculpture in the outdoors. Um, was it important to try and get that sort of mix of arts together for this exhibition? Yeah,
2: it is. It's a really, it's a really kind of deep dive into an artist's thinking and an artist's work, an artist's way of making work. So we have got all of those different um, art forms, as you've just mentioned. I mean, the key thing about Julie's work is it's very transitory. So often it's destroyed um, or it'll succumb to the elements that it's actually made from. So a lot of the works are built to eventually kind of fall or erode. um, And this is a a kind of representation of those works, which are um, almost ephemeral in a way. Have you got a favourite piece? It's like you have a favourite child, isn't it? <laughs> there are many. I love the huge drawings in the in the large, there's a larger gallery upstairs. We've managed to, to light that room with daylight for the yeah, first I mean, time in a long time. There's
1: lots of big pieces here, aren't yes, there? And they're... is that a new thing for the gallery? Because you've allowed that daylight to come in and, you know, sort of opened up the space.
2: It's much more open. It's more naturally lit. We want to engage with the town and with the landscape around us. And we want people to engage with us. So just that simple act of kind of opening up those windows and getting those vistas out and in as well. And it becomes almost part of the exhibition itself. You know, the town of Kendal is actually manifesting into the spaces itself. And it it feels really important to do that.
1: So we're now on a uh, little minibus on the way to Hoka Hall to uh, see... One of the big outdoor pieces connected to this exhibition uh, from Judy Brook. And hopefully I'll have a chance to catch a chat with her there too. So we're just wandering through the lovely parks and grounds of Hoka Hall now, um, which is where this piece is located. And I'm with someone who uh, must be very fond of it because she lives here.
3: My name is Lucy Cavendish and I live here at Hooker. This is where I grew up and it's where I've come back um, to be as a grown-up.
1: Okay, we're just pausing our nice walk through the grass here to look back probably about a hundred yards to see what some people might suggest is a big pile of rocks, Um, but actually it's a bit more than a big pile of rocks. It's this beautiful piece of art. Tell me why you've made the decision to to host it here, if that's the right way of describing it.
3: Well, it technically is a big pile of rocks. (laughs) Um, That's a very accurate description of it. The original plan was that Burlington, which is part of the Hooker Estates business, uh, was going to donate the stone for the sculpture anyway. So it seemed natural that we should host the installation as part of the exhibition at Abbott Hall.
1: And and you must have seen this grow over the last, if that's the right word, over the last few months. I think it was in March when it was being built. Um, Obviously, I guess lots of heavy equipment pulling in all this 420 tonnes of stone. Um, And and here it is finished. Did you ever have any doubts that this was a good idea or were you very happy to sort of see it grow organically um, before your eyes?
3: I think something of this scale, which is very new to us. I mean, we have a um, a house and a garden that's open to public and a cafe um, and an ancient deer park. So it was a new, it was a bit of a departure for us. There was a little bit of apprehension, but um, Julie Brook is a very... um, compelling and very convincing person to work with so really any doubts any of us had were completely waved aside um very good naturedly and very convincingly and before we knew it um everybody had their trucks and dumper trucks and cranes and telehandlers down here and it just seemed the most natural thing in the world that we should do it here
1: and just describe the piece to me
3: it is, as I said, uh, technically a pile of rocks. <laughs> I think it is accurate to say it is 420 tonnes of, of clog, which is a word we call um, the big lumps of stone that come out of the quarry before they get put into the, any production sheds. And each, each lump is between three and five tonnes. I can't remember how many there are. Um, it, is, it is essentially a stairway. Um, and it is a random bunch of clock. I think that's what Julie wanted, was it for it to look random in a kind of contrived environment with this beautiful, um, very accessible stairwell. She wanted it very deliberately um, to be accessible to families who a lot of families visit here, for children to be able to climb over it, for um, people with limited ability to reach the top. And um, so it is a it is a work of art for everyone. Normally, Julie's work is in much more um, wild places so the West Coast, of Scotland, the deserts. I think she's done a lot of work in in quarries in Italy and um, in Japan. So this is a bit of a departure for her too. It's a much more contrived environment, so parkland, um, ancient, ancient deer parkland with um, these fantastic trees. In fact, I don't think she's worked with trees before, so it gives it an unusual backdrop for her, a very mobile backdrop um and a quite ephemeral one too very dependent on the seasons and um and it's got this rather lovely backdrop of the house itself which is a big victorian pile
1: and i suppose you mentioned how people will just be able to wander over it among it on top of it around it um 420 tons is, is that a temporary piece of art for you here
3: That's not going anywhere soon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So this is here for life now.
3: It's here. um, it's, It's certainly here for the foreseeable future, yes.
1: Right, well, we're just starting to walk up some beautiful, solid stone stairs set amongst, I think, over 400 tonnes of rock in the middle of the grounds of Hoka Hall. And with me as we slowly walk up these steps is the person who's made this happen.
4: Hello, I'm Julie Brook. I'm an artist that um, often works in very wild and remote landscapes. And and then recently was asked in the last couple of years to to work in the Lake District. And so I started exploring quarries um, because uh, Cumbria is famous for its quarries. And uh, in one of the quarries I found all these huge clogs waiting.
1: A clog is a big lump of stone right? Yes
4: exactly these big big lumps of stone and I felt it would be very exciting if because I was being asked to work in a more formal environment to bring the raw material to that environment and then create a work that enabled that very intimate interaction with the big clogs um, surrounding
1: you all right so there's this um, how many steps are there you put in the best line there are
4: 27 there are
1: 27 so we're on, yeah. on stuff about 13 here so if we just carry on yes. oh, it's yes. a slight slight curve but basically it's a straight line of this lovely how would you describe this rock what color is it
4: it's a cumber it's called cumbrian black it's uh, the traditional slate that you see everywhere in cumbria and it's a beautiful blue, bluey-grey when it's dry, um, like it is now, and yeah. then if we had rain suddenly coming it would go into a very deep dark black
1: Okay, so it changes with the weather.
4: It changes hugely with
1: um, the weather. And my suspicion is that one of the reasons that you've put this piece here am I allowed to sit on it by the way? You are, you're okay. allowed. Okay. It's sit quite it's quite sharp corners, but I think are you gonna sit there and I'll sit yeah, here yeah, some of that? Like that? Um one of the reasons that appealed to you was I guess it's it's organic and it changes with the weather and the seasons.
4: Yes, I think all the works I make I'm very interested in um uh, because it's connecting with the landscape, it's therefore intrinsically connecting with the weather. So whether it's at night, whether it's in the daylight, whether it's in sunlight, cloud light, if it's in rain or snow, every permutation changes our perception of the landscape, so it's the same with the sculptural work as well. And while i was building this we had snow we had rain we had hail and i couldn't believe how many different um in a sense different characters and qualities it was expressing through that and i really love that um, sense that the sculpture is a living breathing thing
1: and in the gallery at abbott hall there's there's um some of your pieces of work are there there's work that you've done in italy work that you've done in japan some beautiful work that you've done off the west coast of Scotland um, called Fire Stacks. And and again, that's about fire and water and how you can kind of mix the elements. This piece that we're sitting on now, we're now about sort of, uh, I don't know, 20 feet up, something like that. This feels quite elemental itself. You know, it kind of feels raw is that is that something that you're about as well
4: yes i think that so often when i make a work as i'm as i'm making it um it often i realize through the process of making it that it is can be more about another element than the element that that's obvious so in this case it seems all about the stone but actually halfway through when i was beginning to get the height and we could see the quarry we can see the quarry hill from behind us where the the stone comes from um, I realised actually this is alf- an awful lot about air and all the pockets of air and these dark places that you see, some of which you can see right down to the bottom of the, of the ground. And I really love the fact that even though it, it, you know, in the immediate it feels like a big pile of these these clogs, in fact, it is a very airy piece, not least because we walk up it, we're in movement going up and down. It is very much an invitation. And I think also... Um, just that very simple fact that you know we're now sitting um, at a height that's been in the air for millennia and suddenly we can actually come up here.
1: <laughs> and you want people to run all over it and muck around on it is that right?
4: Absolutely, I, I feel that by interacting with it I think it's uh, I've, I've built it very much in mind for all aged people and all, all ability people um, but I feel that um, uh, it, it, it's a, a place that can be explored, I think, for children who who love going different ways. They can climb up the clogways. Yeah, they don't
1: need to use the steps, do no, they? No, <laughs> no.
4: But I think the steps will feel both exciting, but also if you're a little bit challenged um, in, in older age, you, you won't feel unsafe going up. Or if you've got two-year-old legs, you know, you can still feel very very much enjoy
1: going up it. And a slight departure to have it in the grounds of a big stately home. Yes. For you.
4: Yes, completely. i so never. Tell wa- me about that. Well, it came about through. Um, for for a while, we thought it might be in the bowling green outside Abbott Hall, and then when that uh, couldn't work, um, Lucy offered this up as a, a place to to have it, and because it connects with Hooker connects with Burlington Stone, it suddenly it all fell into place, and I think this this is a really brilliant setting for it because I, I was able to work with the slope of the landscape because I'm very keen to integrate pieces as much as possible. And I think particularly now when I was here, it was just at the tail end of winter when everything was bare, with, you know, seeing it with all the trees in, um, full and knowing that the sea is just through the trees looking out in that direction and then being able to see the quarry hill. Uh, suddenly everything just seemed to... I say, of course, it's, it should be here. But of co- you don't know that when you're finding the site.
1: Julie Brooke there atop her slightly breezy but monumental out of the ground a thread of thin air sculpture at Hoker Hall. Julie's exhibition at Abbott Hall is on until the end of this year. And my thanks to all who spoke to me there. That's it for this edition. Do contact me on email if you want me to visit you via hello at cacn.co.uk And do subscribe to, spread the word and share this podcast on social media, please. And get in touch if you want me to get behind the scenery where you are.